Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi, and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And today it's just Mandy and I, and it's episode 123. Um, And today we're going to be delving into the topic of neurodiversity, um, which is very timely. Um, It's National Autism Awareness Day, actually next week on Friday the 2nd. in the UK and there's some autism awareness in America this month as well in the month of April. Um, So we really wanted to kind of have a look at our own experiences, um, some of the stuff that's come up in the sober community and just really sort of try and raise a bit of awareness as we're piecing this very important kind of issue that's going on with our young people and parents and families in schools in the workplace um and yeah just open the conversation a little bit about it so um so hi Mand how are you doing yeah not too bad thank you it's a lovely day here <laughs> we talk about the weather <laughs> um yeah I'm all right I feel a bit tired but I'm um, I'm all good. I mean, we've both had quite challenging times, haven't we? Well, you more so in terms of um, the close relation, um, but in terms of, yeah, kind of ongoing death and and loss, Mm. um, which is, yeah, I mean, I just always reflect on the fact that I think it's a really interesting question to ask yourself, like, um, if like how is my resilience in life I guess and this was just one of those sort of factors for me where when I thought about losing someone or death in general I mean I've been scared of death my whole life you know since I was a little girl and it was like if someone that I loved died you know I I would head very hard down into into alcohol you know like I just knew that like I knew that when I was asking those questions of do I have a problem do I not blah 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 it was just like I knew categorically that I had no resilience or coping strategies for death um and I was getting older and it was going to happen you know so um so anyway that's just a bit of an aside but I think it's quite an interesting question to ask yourself um when you're sort of looking at your relationship with alcohol it's like how is my resilience to really sort of you know the things that are going to hit me hardest and I just knew that I could I wouldn't have been able to cope mm. um and I would have turned to booze so yeah so I'm really thankful you know when when because obviously it is going to happen you know mm. we've, we're losing more and more people as we grow older um and I'm really thankful to be sober and um and present you know and 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 have that knowing really about alcohol mm. um, you can tell, we're going to talk about neurodiversity today and we're starting <laughs> to, to record these um for our community today, so we're just like yeah can't sit still so it's just like no I'm totally neuronormative or whatever it's called neurotypical neurotypical really um so yeah so a little bit you know um thoughtful um grateful as ever to be sober yeah yeah as you say yeah I mean yesterday was 
difficult. Um, yeah, I found out that um, a dear friend had, had died, and it was it was expected. Um, but you know, and and but you know, very 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 sad. Um, and it we we were talking about this, weren't we? At the moment, I think it's this kind of. Uh, overwhelming sort of feeling of a bit of resignation and I don't know whether that's a healthy thing or whether it's a bit of a shutdown thing to cope with the amount of stuff that's going on at the moment what with you know the we're still processing the covid Mm. stuff we've got you know you know life is impactful and when life is impactful it feels like the waves are crashing in and there's another one we get a breath there's another one and there's another one and I I so I do feel like there's that I'm not entirely sure whether I'm hugely resilient and badass or whether I'm in some kind of dorsal vagal shutdown and coping shock yeah so, and uh, you know and there's that that thing with that I will always laugh when I say something probably quite close to the truth yeah that is like fuck so mm. you know but but all of that and they're all there for a reason right you know our, yeah if we need to shut down for a little bit in order to cope with that that shock while we process then that's really important we're not numbing out with alcohol we might have opening you know more and more strategies that we've got to cope with and it's just the the stuff of life isn't it so Mm. yeah I mean I I feel I feel sad today I feel really fucking tired yeah um yeah but I'm also I have that glimmer of I think you were talking about Tammy you said Tammy Salas grace over drama Mm. and he made myself lie down listen to Tara Brack this morning tight chest you know my stomach's dodgy I've still got the covid jab armpit with the you know the big old glands <laughs> I was like okay I didn't this know is, that COVID this... there was a COVID armpit this is something... <laughs> <laughs> there is now okay <laughs> no, it gives you it gives you makes your lymph gl- glands come up in your armpit where you have the chair okay and it, and people get sore oh, I've definitely got a COVID armpit <laughs> so I know I lay down I was just a bracket I was like okay, this is a moment of suffering right yeah. and um and then just kind of like okay let's be, bring mindful awareness and right. yada 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 and I did I did I just and then I was rolling <laughs> oh god I can't believe I'm saying this I was rolling around on the floor a bit because in the the stuff that I was like doing with Irene Lyon the the latest thing she shared is some videos of babies and it's basically how we learn to orientate ourselves right mm. and it's beautiful like videos of a baby and it's like okay I sense the floor beneath me and then you can see the baby's feet go like that and then I'm sensing my extremities and you can see the baby is literally tapping fingers and going like yeah. that and then the baby learns to roll so it's sensing its muscle uh and and it's finding its what's it called a pop a pop posture of power or something like that so it's finding its agency so part of the work she does is this very much primitive kind of movement um and yeah so 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 obviously I was rolling around on the floor a little bit good for you dude yeah and I yeah so Anyway, it's nothing to do with what we're talking about today, is it? <laughs> or is it? Yeah, or is it? Yeah. Um, um, who bloody knows? Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Um, well, I mean, I guess it is because we part of this we were talking about is, you know, reactions to, you know, these 
these situations and when you sort of lock in and you just go okay actually I am really sensitive and then you can see and you know that's part of maybe how my brain works or my body works and then you can see people in your family Mm. it's like getting really skillful being able to cope with life (laughs) essentially through the lens of, of how you process things you know and not other people which I guess brings us on to today's topic which is like you know um neurodiversity so I mean this is something that you obviously know a lot about because of your family situation Mm. and your own experiences so what does what what are we talking about to start with so neurodiversity being that the things that presentations say such as um autism ADHD, dyslexia, dyspraxia, sensory processing disorder, and putting that in air bubbles. Um, and there are probably some others. Did I say dyslexia? Yeah. Um, dyscalculia, um, which is about when you get numbers mixed up. So before nine, sorry, go on. No, was, is that different from dyslexia? I think le- dyslexia is the word. It's, 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 it's oh, interesting. Mm. Okay, because yeah, our, my son does definitely does the numbers. Mm. So. Yeah. Mm. So, um, so up until 1990, these were well as these have emerged and people are becoming more aware of them. Or um, some of them are clinical diagnoses and some are subclinical. Um, and also, they were called sort of disorders, like this, what's wrong with you? And this, this, this idea of neurodiversity is that we all have different brains, we all have different nervous systems, we all learn differently. And this is, these are just normal differences that we all have. It's just that we live in a society that demand, and an educational system that demands us to be what they call neurotypical. Not neuronormative. Um, not neuronormative, but that's fine. Okay. That's quite good. We can Thanks. use that. But neurotypical. But I think that's even, I think that's a better word for it, neuronormative, because it's expecting people to ha- uh, to to require a certain norms and mm. normative behaviour around it. And it's, they, they reckon something like 20% of the population um you know and that, and that's on the increase because the more nuanced you get about it, it's a bit like mm. gray area drinking it's like there are there's a spectrum and there's variations and there's degree there's a manner of degree right well I was going to ask you that like so is it seen as a as a spectrum mm. so yeah well yeah well what you've got I mean they now sort of talk about atypical autism for example mm. so that the, you'll have the dsvm stroke five haven't you got the diagnostic criteria that you get with all kinds of stuff mm. which is agreed by the medical profession and so you may not hit thresholds but you may have so you might not hit a diagnostic threshold for some reason but you might be very close to it. So therefore you may be on this on the spectrum. So if yeah. you don't hit the criteria for, for autism, you but you are you score highly, you'll be um atypical, atypical autism. Now that still has a superior diagnosis to ADHD. Apparently that's mm. still the, the superior diagnosis. And again, I'm a bit like 
bloody 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 blah, like what and i and we've actually just on that note sat in a cams meeting with some clinical people who because cams have very little funding saying to us well really what we need to do it doesn't matter if you've got the diagnosis or not here it helps because then you can access things um and get support so it's important however if you if you can support just with what is so what are what are the displaying characteristics what are the needs what are the symptoms so much like gray area drinking really because it maps out that in terms of support too it's like we have limited finances we have limited ability you know so it's like right if you if you are in this box you know which is you know the heavy dependency box then that's who you are in this but other than that it's just like yeah and so that it is it's changing the conversation to be like well what what are the symptoms you know do you feel shame are you working up waking up at four in the morning you know regretting it and then doing it again how does it make you feel like those are all the questions that we're asking we asked ourselves right um so that's really interesting as a kind of uh, as a yeah a comparison yeah so yeah so one of those you mentioned was sensory processing Mm. What what do you mean by that? What 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 does that well, display is, like? There is an actual thing called sensory processing disorder, um, but sensory processing itself, um, and I think the more we know, and as parents, right, and when we get sober, bless you, thank you, um, <laughs> that um, we all have sensory needs which differ. So part of what we need to know for ourselves for our own health and agency mental health um you know but it is a, a sensory piece of that and for our kids is to understand the senses and for someone say on the autistic spectrum or has the sensory processing issues it can trigger that kind of uh, you know so the normal information coming in can trigger us into fight flight it just be, can become a flood and we can go into fight flight we can go into that bat brain reptilian response then with all the cortisol with the adrenaline we're going to be trying to well kids you often see them you know freak out yeah adults will and teenagers will see self-medication because to try and make the world more copable, that kind of thing. And so that could be, you could, it could be visual. I mean, I'm very sensitive to light and I've said, we've laughed before, haven't we, about me not being able to eat in restaurants if there's bright lights. Um, and I can't relax in a room with overhead lights. I hate it. Mm. But with noise as well, that's a really common trigger for people. So, and I think part, I mean, my own feeling is because we live in more fast paced world you know we cross the road faster all of the tech the information and all the rest of it we're on high alert more and I think some of that sensory processing stuff seems to be we seem to be all tipping over the edge a little bit quicker Mm. yeah it's interesting I was just thinking back to yeah like why some kids just don't like to wear shoes or like you know that thing of like put put your coat on it's like but some kids are just like just hate it don't they you know and it's like there must be something going on there in terms of the weight or the material or like the itchy label yeah which is unbearable to some kids and you're like you know your adult brain that is so often 
overrides all of that and just says, mm. don't, don't answer back, put your jumper on. And there's this like, oh, there's this reaction going on with, with children who then have to go and sit in a class with loads of noise and with a teacher telling them what to do, learn in a particular way. Mm. It's like, I, when I think about it, you know, and obviously I, with, with you know, with my son not coping in school, um, but even, you know, and we were talking about this morning, even my daughter, as a highly sensitive individual, gets exhausted, you know, with it, with the noise. She often says about the noise in the classroom. So, you know, that's, again, even if you're on a spectrum or not, you know, those are, we all have sensory needs that need managing that we, if we've got information about that, that, that can be really helpful for us in our sobriety. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's the sort of why we're bringing this conversation to the table, because Mm. through our own exploration of, you know, the reasons why people drink, you know, the reasons why we we drank. And for a lot of women, for a lot of people, there's kind of, I guess, two or three main reasons. Yeah, so it's changing your emotional state. So dealing with, as I was saying before, dealing with difficult emotions you know it's it's managing a an anxiety or a, you know a, a mental health issue in terms of you know managing the expectations of of social, socializing um and the other thing is is this making it go quiet this nervous system regulation of like it's all too much i've been running through the day like it's going up and up and up and up and then it's like it becomes that thing just to ground you you know just to sort of break the noise essentially of of the manicness of of our day-to-day lives and so when you can start getting curious about what are my sensory needs or what does bring up my kind of cortisol levels or make me stressed and Mm. you know is it like what I'm wearing I mean again it's like you you know if you're a working parent and you're in a suit all day, you know, and heels and stuff like that. And you're like in these uncomfortable clothes and then you're getting home and you don't change, you know, and then you stay in that sort of that state. That's going to, if your sensory needs are not being met in terms of comfort in your clothing, then that's going to have an impact and going to potentially trigger you to drink. So it's like getting super curious about, yeah, how you feel better mm. in that sense. Um, 100% you know and we've noticed I mean for me it's very much about noise you Mm. know um, I've got those wonderful headphones where you know you turn them on and it's like like literally my nervous system regulates and you can feel that right by the kind of ah the sigh that comes um (laughs) yeah and yeah and again like I am pretty um and I, I notice with my son he's He's very much, he'd be naked all the time if he could be and wrapped in a a, a soft blanket. That's his favorite thing, you know. So and, cute. And so, and he's not a baby. I mean, he's 12. <laughs> he's really 13. <laughs> <Just so, laughs> yeah, he's the same. My daughter's the same. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. um, it, very, very much. And so when you can sort of tap into those things and go, all oh, right, it's like, you know, mm. you want to get in your dressing gown time and sort of take your t-shirt off and that makes mm. him calm down mm. and, and being able to manage those things and manage them for ourselves. Like, actually I need, like, I'm not feeling good. I need like a nice woolly jumper on or mm. whatever, or less noise. 
But I guess it's also the other side about behavior, right? You know, and how you fit in the world and and that sense of belonging. Because I think another reason we kind of identify why people drink or, you know, turn to any addictive behavior is because they don't feel they feel othered in some way. Mm. They feel like they don't fit. So they're trying to fit. Um, And, you know, normative culture is to drink alcohol and that's how you fit in. Mm. And so when you can get curious about that and be like, oh, okay, you know, maybe I am super sensitive Mm. and that's okay. And I can find people that match me and, you know, sober friends or people in a craft club or whatever. Um, But I do, yeah, there's something going on there for me. Um, And it is a thing, right? it, it helps to sort of be able to name and point and go, well, maybe that maybe I've got a bit of ADHD or maybe mm. I'm a bit neurodiverse. Yeah, I and I do. And I think there's that for if we take it back to children and school again and about the, you know, the fitting in, the being othered. I mean, when we talk to when I talk to Kit Messenger, who's a specialist in this area, I can't remember the podcast, but we'll we'll link it. She said you know, this, the way that the, you know, trauma then can kick off that, the nervous system, that the feeling of being neurodiverse in a neurotypical school environment for many kids is an ACE, it's an adverse childhood experience. It is trauma, um, which is, you know, again, what you're saying about that, you know, there's a shame piece there. There's therefore the attendant nervous system dysregulation because you're trying, you're going into survival stress mm. at that, at that point. And, the narrative starts the difficulties start and then there's that yeah there's that that behavior the behavior thing um and you know school is I mean look we've we've we'll go into that social piece like school is secondary socialization isn't it that's the agency of secondary socialization where conformity where normative behavior is 100% lauded and is necessary to the survival of that system so all of these traits of diversity no matter what slogan you have on your wall Mm. and I've seen many schools saying that how amazing they are and champions of of diversity yeah even in the school that my son got kicked out of before he was even seen by the special educational needs department supposedly they yeah. were they did not so there's this kind of lack of transparency about it as well which as far as I'm concerned is where the fucking madness starts you know yeah. as well so it's it's hugely traumatic for people for parents and for kids that a you know that they're, they're then also the gifts of neurodiversity which some of the big companies are now recognizing you know how many links with how many artists how many musicians how many game changers how many entrepreneurs yeah you know it's like the, the world specialist. changes yeah. <laughs> yeah. are not necessarily going to be those good people in school who are sitting there and ticking all the boxes but the the, the fallout and the damage for neurodiverse people on the way especially if you've got then extra layers so you know we've talked about how difficult it's been to get my son supported and into a special environment that taking cams you know we took Mm. cams to a tribunal Mm. I said we my husband and I are both ex-journalists and it took us a year to find out who in cams that we we needed to speak to yeah so what happens if I'm a single parent if I have mental health 
issues. I mean, we both do through grief, trauma, loss mm. ourselves and the stress of the situation, but we have resources and finances. We have a certain amount right? of privilege, yeah. We yeah. have a certain amount of privilege. We that 100% do. Yeah. That, that just isn't. I've got a yeah. friend who works in a charity who supports families, and she said to me the other day, like, you know, you and Dave have done um. I just want to say how amazing you've done. And I work with those families who are just struggling so much. And we, we unpicked that, that piece of it, you know, the, yeah. the privilege piece. So and also that you're sober. Yeah. So you've done um, this work. You're, I would yourself. not. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to, I would not, I, I, I wouldn't be, be. Yeah. As yeah. for, we wouldn't be as far on as we are or, you know, with, without that piece. 100 percent but the other then the other side of this if we look towards the brain and what's happening and executive Mm. function for kids and risky behavior and for ourselves right the other side of this how many people like you said like do you make the you want to make the voice go quiet Mm. and the racing thoughts and the racing brain which is a real trait of adhd as well um, and then because of the, the the front part of the brain, the executive functions, they govern being able to inhibit behavior. So your self-inhibition to fit in and to work towards future goals. So impulsivity was a massive one for me. Mm. Uh, and they're not being able to shut the brain down. Yeah. And 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 one and if you if you get supported again, that that can like I don't half get shit done. Yeah, but I don't half shop on eBay, and I didn't half drink a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was like, you know, so it's like okay, let's work. You know, once we that's the thing about the diagnosis. That's the thing about opening the conversation is once we know what we're dealing with, and we mm. don't carry that whole heap of shame, try and pretend we're in a normal and coping and whatever that fuck that is yeah we can actually stand a chance of of working with our strengths and our challenges can't we yeah and I mean I was I was just thinking back to because we were talking about this the other day weren't we and you know like when you're trying to unpick your story Mm. you know and it's like okay like I get it you know not everyone has a drinking problem that's the first thing you have to accept you know so but I I do so there's something going on so what's my story you know and obviously a lot of that was around the trauma of what happened when I was a teenager when I was 18 and then but then it was like but why did I start you know I didn't start I didn't fall into that at that point like I was you know curious about drugs and alcohol from a very young age and started drinking and smoking weed and all that when I was like 12 like 13 you know so there was something going on before that and so what was going on then and then yeah you look at my I mean I used to get so angry Mm. you know I used to get like I was so protective over my friends and then I just get really really angry about things um and I was and I was naughty like you know yeah that kind of sensory seeking yeah behavior you know like what does this feel like like that rush of kind of like shoplifting or you know doing things and trying to like find my own boundaries I was gonna say find the edges yeah yeah Mm. which you know yes is partly about about parenting Mm. but it 
it worked with other people in my family so why wasn't it didn't work with me you know like my parents parented me and my brothers both the same Mm. but I was constantly yeah questioning you know and as you said the other day like one of the positive sides of kind of the ADHD spectrum is activism and is entrepreneurship because it's like asking the questions pushing further you know and not taking it as is but yeah I mean there was all of that going on when I was a young person um and being super sensitive is sort of HSP and introvertism and that stuff does that fall into neurodiversity as as well yes it it does I've got a diagram here I'm trying to I want to get my facts right so again it's it's in that area isn't it and it's not it's subclinical right there is traits I would say Mm. and that's why with this I mean you know careful to say that it's a bit like you know when we were talking about mental health it's like sometimes Mm. all of those self-care this is there's no accident I think that when I got sober and discovered self-care and I used to talk about the sober scaffold it was literally like a scaffold holding me up and enabling me to cope with my day so I've got quite an elaborate Mm. scaffold of practices and routines and rituals that support my mental health and my nervous system regulation now so that's essentially what that is that's the toolkit right that we have to assemble yeah but we, when we talked about that and mental health, as we were piecing this together over the last 123 podcasts, <laughs> we've come to that point of, okay, but if it's, what's the impact? Do I, I might need antidepressants. So I'm still on antidepressants. I'm on HRT. You're on antidepressants. I mm. might not always be, but I might be. I, don't, I have no idea where this yeah. is going to lead me. And so I guess with all these, spe- you know, we can, it can be really helpful to notice traits or we can have it impacting in our life and go, bloody hell, that really makes a lot of sense. And maybe it is worth going and getting that diagnosis, diagnosis, mm. taking, doing some further digging and getting in touch with the National Autism Society or ADHD. There's a brilliant online magazine called Attitude, I think. And mm. they can, you can do some kind of self-test to see, oh, actually, I've got quite a few of these markers. How can I work with it? And is it worth taking it further? So, you know, a yeah, caveat I mean, to that, you know. Yeah, 100%. Mm. And I think that's um, that's one of the things with kids, right, is that, not only does it sort of take away the shame when they know that something's going on, mm. but it's also like, and, and you know, one one solution is uh, is to take them out of the system, mm. you know, which is you know incredibly valid choice and an amazing brave choice that you know some people take. So, some for other people, that's not that's not part of the picture, or actually would meet the needs of the the child in terms of their socialization in terms of how they need to meet their needs so it's working within the system but as we're doing with our day-to-day lives it's that like hacking it Mm. like how can you support it you know like I'm not sure you know with with my son whether he would meet any criteria of you know any diagnoses we've done like some tests and she was just she was she it was inconclusive she was like Mm. she spent all day with him she was like I've never spent this long with a kid and I I literally just don't I can't Mm. I can't give you a diagnosis was oh okay um 
Mm. But, you know, me having kind of, I know that we're incredibly close, me and my son, and I know that I can match his needs quite often just Mm. through my own instinctual needs myself, you know, which you were saying with your daughter. It's just like, I think I could be projecting here, but I think it's just... I get it you know yeah. I get what's going on yeah but yeah I do think you're it's really really key to, to to I think we feel very often that we have to manage everything ourselves you know if you ask for help or ask mm. for support then you're failing in some way and it's absolutely not mm. the, the thing you know and for us in terms of medication or whatever it's like what's going on and what's the impact and if yeah. you need support go get support you know yeah 100% 100% it's worth knowing as well I think before the age of 11 it seems to me we missed the boat we were not given the advice even though I was starting things were starting to glimmer on the horizon at that you can go to the GP and go to the child development clinic CDC they seem to be, you seem to be able to go through and get diagnoses if need be before you hit that CAMS age, because as soon as you hit that, mm. there is that. I mean, no, I mean, we're still on the, well, you know how extreme our situation has mm. been, right? Super extreme. But we're still on the wait list two and a half years later mm. for the second part of the autism diagnosis. Um, the one thing that they have done is that once you get that first part, you can access post-diagnostic support, even if you've not got full diagnosis. But we would have to, you would have to pay for that. So again, it's this, have you got the money for 80 quid a session for your local? It might be means tested. I don't know. That would have to, you know, you'd have to look at that. So it's, I just know that, and this is, I suppose, the next part of it is the care for the carer, because I know how, unbelievably fucking difficult it is Mm. and how much shame how much you feel you can feel like your family is broken how you can feel like everything is your fault you can feel like there's a fault in your genes you can feel like you know and that so there's a couple of sides to that about getting support um to also I remember you saying what's your USP for your family and I and to focus on your strengths so like we're really noisy and we're really messy and we're neurodiverse and we're very creative very verbal very 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 creative family and very vibrant (laughs) which is probably why I need to go and lie down on the floor and like roll around like a baby so far just like please shut the fuck up but um but, you know, so that strength based, like really focus on on the gifts because it's so hard when the gruel, when you're not meeting the the the, the expectations of school mm. or if you've got a social worker involved. I mean, the amount of shame like we got through, we've come through <laughs> to somewhere at the moment. Sorry, love, I'm not I'm doing a podcast right now. Don't know. Um, I've got I've got children off poorly today. <laughs> keeping it real yeah it's the password I've no idea um but yeah so really that that when you're not meeting those expectations of the outside world to remember the heart and the strengths of it and we have to protect that quite carefully I think mm. you have to work extra hard because again it's been like the drinking you get negative feedback from everywhere yeah 
so you've got to really you know get that support from other people like that that are in that situation and yeah and I think that's what that's why it kind of became such a sort of you know I mean it's been bubbling away right in your own thinking your own experience and then us having a a, you know a community of women and then going oh there's that person that person they've got a child that woman is now getting herself diagnosed with ADHD in her 40s like there was a there's a lot right there's a lot of people and then you know we we ran the training course for the the coaching academy you know on addictive behaviors and I think half of the people yeah was it was it it everyone I think it was it was a huge 80% of people yeah had either had a child or they were neurodiverse themselves and we were like yeah. mm, okay <laughs> 100% and you yeah. and I were talking we were talking with Laura Willoughby yesterday weren't we yeah. on um on Club Soda and it, it, it's like this what is brilliant is that we're joining the dots that there's this conversation because we also then when I spoke to Kit Messenger it's like and you know Gabal Mate does work with with ADHD right Mm -hmm. and it was like why are the prisons full of young men with ADHD like what is going on there and it's that executive function you know this ability to this, this this thinking part of of the brain where we can stop you know, it's halt. Yeah. Right. So we teach halt when we're trying to recover from alcohol use or, you know, in recovery. We recognize a trigger hungry, angry, lonely, tired. We learn to stop and then we learn to generate options. Right. So if you've got ADHD, that part of your brain, you're not able to do that because you then can't engage memory to go what happened before and then what's likely to happen I can't predict the outcome so people are telling you are naughty but you're like I can't remember that that was naughty I then can't link the dots that will say Mm. that will be naughty again Mm. and I'm already racing down that behavior and then I'm bad right it's just it's and it's a developmental Mm. thing it's a Mm. developmental thing which they reckon sorts itself out out by the time you're about 28 or 30 Mm. I remember really suddenly waking up when I was about 28 and going oh I shouldn't do that I should do that like so I wonder about that with me I specifically remember 28 being a turning point for me that's interesting yeah yeah that's probably well I would say I started to yeah want to stop drinking probably around 30 yeah yeah me too 28 to 30 yeah and then then I'm like but how many people are having problems with addiction or with substance use disorder or who have gone to prison or who have Mm. made really married really wrong the wrong person or something like yeah. no but all of those things that yeah. we do in our 20s anyway there is part of this which is that learning curve right but this is emerging as a really big picture and in, in, for people that it's gone spectacularly wrong for yeah you know um really anyway yeah yeah so but you know that whole thing I just we know that by if we drink and we use that to self-medicate and we were saying this yesterday, it's like pouring gasoline on a dysregulated nervous system. Mm. So it's hitting the neurotransmitters and it's making us more dysregulated. So it's the wrong thing. Yeah. If we have our frontal cortex, our executive functions are impaired anyway by alcohol use. We know that. Mm. 
So we're making it even worse. So the best yeah. thing that we can do is be sober and to then unpick the pieces and get the right thing. Yeah, again, it's that, it's that thing, isn't it? It's like, you know, depression, anxiety, so mental health, that's, mm. the, that's a layer, right? You know, trauma, yeah. that's a layer. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, and, and neurodiversity is a layer, you know, and then, and then you're pouring alcohol on, on top of that, which damages it even further. And no shame, no blame. No one tells us this. No. Right? Well, no, we're <laughs> so, told that that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah, we're told that's what you should do. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's another piece that, you know, we really wanted mm. just to talk about and sort of open this conversation. And if you've got any reflections, then, yeah, send us an email, you know, mm. or if you're like, oh, I quite like to talk to people about this, then mm. come join our community because there's quite a few people many within that, yeah. Um, and, it, and it is, and it's that, and I was just thinking about, you know, that this, 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 you know, and I sensed this sort of like oh, heaviness when we got to that point because it feels very sad and it feels overwhelming and it's mm. like well what on earth can we do then it's like bloody hell so that working out what we can actually do mm. is and so I was thinking well what god I've you know the things that I you know what that I can do now and the things that you can do in the agency that we've got right so yeah. maybe it would be helpful for us to just talk about how we cope like yeah. and what what we can do so what are your um yeah I mean taking breaks um like sensory soothing in terms of like taking baths where I can feel supported um you know if I've got difficult emotions I tend to take a bath like that I can I feel he held excuse me um my sort of noise defender um headphones have been hugely hugely helpful in regulating my nervous system um talking about it my weighted blanket again has been something that's been really helpful um and um yeah I think it's like not putting like understanding my learning preferences and because that was a huge thing um so um you know, for example, if I'm trying to read a book for work, you know, like I will listen to it on audio and read it at the same time um, because I, I really struggle to concentrate on stuff. So that's been really helpful in terms of understanding, you know, because I did it. I mean, I was so naughty at school, like I barely went to school. I, mm. And, you know, and I've got through life on my chat, which is great, but I'm good at blagging stuff, you know, and I'm good at the chat. So that's sort of got me through university and and through my career but it's nothing to do with academic sort of learning um and yeah and getting support I mean with the book you know I would never have written a book if I we weren't doing it together and I could never have done it without the understanding that I can make mistakes and I don't have to be perfect at grammar and that's why you have copywriters and editors and you know people to work with you because I just had so much shame about that you know it was just like because I'm not perfect I mean I was a, I mean it's ridiculous I, I taught English language for 10 years you know mm. I was teaching people how to speak and write English um, but I'm terrible at grammar you know I don't know anything about it <laughs> so you know you can you can do these things yeah. anyway despite yeah. those things right but um, 
Do you remember, I remember talking to, when we talked to, um, was it Matthew Todd, who's the editor-in-chief of Attitude magazine, and we talked about othering and gay. Yeah. But he was saying that, he was like, things that we wish we'd known or we'd say to ourselves, he wish, he was like, like all the things they say to you, you've got to work really, really, really hard at school to get a good job. He was like, wasn't that hard it was like I did shit at school I ended up being a bit saying author in it I was like I love that it was like god we are not told a lot of yeah Yeah. this is make or break and it puts a lot of pressure because it's our own fear that our children won't succeed so they've got to and we hammer it into them Mm. but yeah Yeah, I mean you look at you look at yeah we were talking about Richard Branson earlier weren't we you know if you look at sort of highly successful same with um Mm. because I used to do this in my business school so I've seen so many presentations about (laughs) successful people in business um but yeah a lot of them they they definitely weren't you know successful in school I think um what's his name the the Apple guy oh Um, um Bill Gates no, that's the Microsoft guy. Oh, <laughs> the Apple one? Oh, it will come to me. Everyone's shouting down the, the yeah. podcast anyway, thing. But anyway, one. yeah, he 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 um he left university. You know, he never finished. So yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, you, yeah. what are me. your top tips? Okay, so so the lying down on the floor and the yoga, like so, to have some kind of place because for me I have a lovely yoga studio which I don't now because we're in lockdown but that having that as an anchor and a space to go and be able to get away from the family needs like I said so our family strengths 100% celebrate them but I can't do that unless I'm looking after my own Mm. my own needs and my own need for it all to go quiet I really had to learn that in sobriety so whether it's um, yeah, going to the, my bedroom and closing the door um, or going for a walk, you know, really like that. And I think over time, developing that skill of listening in and knowing to do that before it reaches crisis point. So I've got yeah. better at reading my own signs. And that is that bit of being sober every day day in day out you you get to know you get to be able to hear them don't you Mm. so now I understand that as interoception Mm. I didn't know the word before but I know when I you know simple as when I need a wee or when I'm hungry or thirsty I I get that signal clearer than I used to do because I used to be detached and or Mm. you know and and or concentrating or hangover or you know whatever thinking about the glass of wine at five not needing to monitor it as I went along yeah so so definitely that a lot of that a lot of learning self-talk about being very quite strict on self-talk like I don't allow myself a lot of time to be up on myself Mm. but that could be antidepressants as well that have helped Mm. with that that allowed me to stop it's like force quit when I know I used to find myself well down a cul-de-sac of kind of self-hatred or being down on the family or down on things and it would take me so if it takes me you know a good day to go down into that pit and then a good day to come out of that pit I can force quit quicker and I just go up and that's that that's that shitty cul-de-sac I don't go there Mm. So I'm able to catch myself a bit quicker so I don't have to recover so much. Um, 
I allow myself to shake. I allow myself to do quite strange things in the privacy of my own room, which is like a lot of, I, I physically shake. And sometimes I go, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> like when I'm in the car. <laughs> sorry, Miles, I made you laugh now. But I like, like make quite kind of strange animal sounds. <laughs> like, like literally I'll come vomiting. Like I do that when I'm on my own, not in front of like you. <laughs> I've done a podcast. Um, I know. And then all the normal, the normal stuff like cups of tea and baths and watching yeah. Netflix and calming myself down. Yeah. yeah. That's what I do. And I and support and humor, I think, you know, like yeah. I actually do try and and find the funny side because actually when you look back on this and they're all fine, right? Mm. And you're fine, you go. Do you remember that time when dot, dot, dot? And I just know that it, it, a lot of it already is quite funny. And we're like, I can't believe you said that. Do you remember that? <laughs> so it's like trying to, yeah. you know, have that light in the load a bit. That's, that's I do think there is some. There is something really, you know, to, to say about that, though. Like, you know, there is no CCTV in your house, right? And this was great learning for me. And it was like, if I want to go in my bathroom and dance you know to techno or whatever and that's going to help me to regulate my nervous system like mm. that is only a good thing and yeah it, it can be completely private no one needs to know about it no one needs to know about it just don't say on a podcast and then just go oh no. um, but there is a note yeah. but like we were laughing about it but like good for you man like do that you know make those noises like that there, there is science behind it it's not yeah. you know it's 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 yeah, it's working you. with the um, it's working with the actual the emotion of disgust for me, where I feel yeah. like I'm retching, and that is getting rid of shame on some mm. level for me. Yeah, and I don't really understand it. My brain doesn't kick in and have a conversation about it. I just do it, and I'm yeah. I'm down with that now. Yeah, yeah. Rather than suppressing it, it's just yeah. like yeah, just let yes. it let it come. Yeah, like, you're going to kind of fast forward five years. So I'm going to be so at one with myself. I'll just be taking a shit <laughs> in the middle of the street, just going. I'm just following my fucking impulses, right? I'm not holding anything <laughs> in. <laughs> oh, that. Oh, don't uh, do, don't do it in France. Okay, I won't. <laughs> I promise I won't. <laughs> on, that anyway, note, on that note, if you're struggling with your alcohol consumption, uh, you know, uh, no. On that note. We're yeah. sending, yeah, we know how hard it is and we have definitely fucking struggled with our alcohol consumption and all of yeah. this. We do. And we, you know, like sometimes I think, oh God, I've gone too far. And then someone will message us and say, thank you. That gave me a laugh on my dog walk yeah. this morning and it's made a difference. And that, that's what, you know. So yeah. if I the light, The light and on, shade, sorry. the light and shade. Yeah. That's what we need, right? it's good good neuroscience training and brain training so there we go even Mm. though it looks like madness there's utter method (laughs) (laughs) method. i love that (laughs) okay what's your tip of the day then um get yeah get curious about your sensory needs Mm. like maybe right over a week write a sort of a journal and it's like oh yeah I find that room really stressful or actually I find my office really like uh, you or like oh yeah when I go to football I find that really overwhelming you know it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of like yeah being curious about that 
and and that will really help you to be a you know it doesn't mean you don't have to be in those spaces but it means that you you're going to have to balance it out right so it's like mm. okay I know that that really exhausts me or or makes me really stressed so I know if I'm doing that then I need to like take a moment to sort of rebalance um yeah that'd be my tip new yeah. I think my tip would be just to remember that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like all of the stuff that we worry so much about mm. it, you know, I suppose it's that this too shall pass kind of thing. And like you said, the, you know, the CCTV camera on that, all the shoulds, it's like, you know, that, that, that listening into ourselves our connecting with the people that we love and what's important to us and then just knowing that we are like we're doing our best yeah and you know to be able to say to yourself like just quickly I spoke to a school mum yesterday who's a single mum who's neurodiverse she's got ADHD she runs a theatre company and teaches at university level, you know, fucking hell, the amount that that woman has to cope with. And she was just sort of like quite wired. And we had a chat and I just said, you know, you're doing so well, you know. Mm. Um, There was that moment of like, oh, no, she was like, I'm going to cry. And I was just thinking how much often that's what we need to hear. We just need to, you know, someone just go, you know what? So it's enough you're doing so well like you're yeah. doing amazing well done you mm. you know or like or on another you know like that you know even I kind of go you know you're a good girl because it feels a bit younger than that for me you know yeah so that it would be to say you know you're doing you're doing amazing you're yeah. amazing you're amazing and you're doing amazing doing so well yeah that'd be nice, nice yeah reason to love sober um just the chat having the chat Mm. yeah the self-discovery and the self-exploration you know like I got really excited the other day we were watching um Bear Grylls you know how I like shit tv um and a competition see building a shed (laughs) it's like it it's like the world's hardest race or something um and it's like this eco eco warrior thing and they they're going across fiji and having to do all these i mean crazy crazy endurance race and i was watching it with my son and i was like i just had that sort of moment of like possibility of like i might trek through the himalayas with my son one day oh amazing you know and it's just like that i was like oh that gives me a whew. yeah it's just okay. like yeah I might yeah why not yeah exactly um and yeah and I love that kind of like and he so I said that to him and he was like oh yeah you know you can't you can you can't even run anymore because you've got an injury and I was like yeah but like I, if I really 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 wanted to put my mind to it like mm-hmm. I might have to change the parameters of how it worked but you know, I could do whatever I want, mm. yeah. you know, and 100%. what a great sort of headspace to be in to be with your kids. Just be like, yeah, well, if you really want to do that, you know. Yeah, that's an amazing on. gift to give to your children. But just on that, I saw, I mean, this is totally random, but there's another friend of mine who lives locally. There's another school mum, 
and she had a car accident and she I didn't realize we we sort of lost touch and I saw something on Facebook and she was in a wheelchair and she was you know absolutely fucked um mm. anyway she's been and she used to be a runner she used to run marathons and anyway and so I, I, I don't know I'm not very much on Facebook and da, da, da. anyway as I was walking home from my station on my covid jab um i saw her walking she was using sticks and she was with her husband so she's out of the wheelchair she was like they're saying it won't happen they're saying it won't happen they're saying it won't happen i'm gonna fucking do it i'm gonna do it and i saw her i was like bloody hell that's her yeah she's on stick really slow but she's up out of that chair so it's not amazing it is yeah and i and i love that you know because when i was drinking my world was so narrow and Mm. so like they just there was no possibility there was no hope or possibility mm. it was just like this is what it is and now it's like well I might I might I might I, I might actually go to Machu Picchu <laughs> do you know what I mean it's like it's on the way with the, you oh you, no you're coming it's already decided okay. actually yeah I'm working on a plan with um <laughs> with uh Scott um uh the boy who was the boy who drank too much and now proud and sober and um and Lee, yeah, we're organising okay. it, but we're going to do it in a couple of years so we don't have to, you know, in any way slum it. <laughs> they were both, yeah, they're both like, it. you know, there, there's no way we're going to like um, camp or anything. No. Um, so, yeah, you're already included, dude. We're going to do That's Match Pitch you in, in 2023. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm there. Good. Reason to love sober? My reason to love sober is, yeah, it's the hope. It's the hope. The, the the bringing back of hope the return of hope yeah um when there was none and that kind of yeah the growth the expansion the learning and that hope that the sense of possibility you know. I, I believe that was mine <laughs> <laughs> my ability to, to nick ideas and to use them as my own without any kind of shame that's mine brilliant yeah yeah. yeah. So it, we'll we'll wrap up now. But you know, if you are immediately concerned about your drinking, as you we always say, just know that you're not alone. Um, reach out. You reach out to us, info at Love Sober, or any of the many communities that kind of catch your eye online, and you think, oh, actually, that looks like something up my street. You know, reach mm-hmm. out and get help. Um, and Alcohol Change has loads of absolutely brilliant resources if you're if you're in the UK. Um, also if you feel that you you know you relate to some of the stuff that we are talking about today please feel free to send an email over and I'm really happy to like you know share any resources that I know I'm very much piecing it together in my family at the moment but we have started through like like Mandy was saying with our um coach training with the coaching academy we're starting to really put this piece into into our work so yeah. we have a we have some understanding and we have some resources and we have some wares that we can we can signpost you and please don't feel shy you know um no question is 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 unwelcome you know you can you can pop us an email yeah. um and sending lots of love and we will see you next week for more chat take care everyone <laughs>